Hello, friends. This is Pastor Pierce Eaton, and you're listening to First and Foremost, a podcast where we give you teaching and tools to make Jesus Christ first and foremost in your life. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Extras. This is part of the podcast where I unpack extra tidbits and information from my sermon preparation that I was not able to get to on Sunday. Now, this Sunday, my sermon was on slowing. Go back and listen to the sermon if you have not heard it. As you know, we're working through a series on various spiritual rhythms and disciplines prescribed in Scripture. And as I stated in my sermon on Sunday, slowing is an uncommon spiritual discipline. In fact, I would argue that it is not one of the core spiritual disciplines prescribed in Scripture. However, I do think it is very important for the modern Western Christian to practice. And that is because our lives have become so hurried. We've become so busy. We're so hurried. It's a part of the American way, the Western way of life. We live hurried lives. And hurry, in many ways, is incompatible with what Christ has called us to live. It's incompatible with spending time with God and loving other people well. In my sermon, I brought up the passage of Mark 6, verses 30 through 32, where Jesus, just previous to that, commissions his disciples to go into the villages and to cast out demons in his name and heal people and and do miraculous things in the name of Jesus. And the apostles go and do that, and God works through them in mighty ways. And in verse 30, the gospel says this, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. So we see how the disciples were effective in ministry. They would have had every reason to want to continue in ministry. In fact, I would argue that that's likely what was going on, that they came back and they were reporting to Jesus all that they were doing in his name, and they were frantic and and frenetically wanting to go back and, and do more ministry because they saw God working through them in power. This would have been, if any time, to argue for continuing and and hurrying up and being more busy, this would have been the perfect opportunity to do just that. They were being more effective in ministry than they ever had been up to that point. But Jesus tells them, no, 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 no. You are living at a pace that is not healthy. You don't even have enough leisure time to eat food. We have to go away. We have to stop. We have to go to a a desolate place and we have to slow down. That idea hits hard for me. I'm sure it hits hard for you because my pace of life, and I assume you as well, because you're 
you're listening to this podcast, you're probably on your way to work, you're probably in the middle of doing something, you are a doer. You've got a long list of things you're likely working through or working toward, and you're you're taking a moment in the midst of your going and doing to listen to this podcast. Thank you for doing so. But I just want to point out how we can become addicted to doing. We can get become addicted to hurry. We can become addicted to busyness, even if it's for God's own glory and for his kingdom work, we can become addicted to doing and forget to be with God. Jesus tells us that the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And a second great command is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Loving God with everything we have requires a relationship with him. But if we think about our relationship with others, then we have to know that always being hurried, always having a to-do list, always doing something else in their presence gets in the way of truly connecting with that person. If you were to sit, if you're married, if you were to sit with your spouse and every time you were to sit down on a date or on the couch at home or whatever you may be doing, if you are pulling out your phone and being on your phone rather than talking to your spouse, then I can, I can hypothesize that you are hurting in intimacy because you're not with each other. You're only around each other. In the same way with our kids, in the same way with our friends, in the same way with our neighbors, but certainly the same way with God. So many of us are so busy that we hardly have time to slow down and spend time with God, let alone others. So my points on Sunday were hurry hinders and that hurry and love are incompatible. And it's so true. And then I encouraged you to slow down and be with. In that point of my sermon, I gave five practical practices that will help us to slow down. I'm not going to go over all of them here. I want to go back to one of them. And I want to go back to one that I think is crucial and gets in the way for many believers in our modern time, and that is our addiction to a screen. We spend so much time looking at a phone or looking at a TV or a computer. The average American, as I said in my sermon, the average American spends seven hours and four minutes daily looking at a screen for entertainment. That's not including work. That is TV, movies, video games, and your cell phone. And your phone is a huge one. Like I said, the average American spends three hours, 43 minutes on their phone daily. And I'm sure since you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a little bit more tech savvy than many other people you know. And I bet your screen time is higher than that three hours and 43 minutes unless you purposely limit it through some various practices. Those numbers go up in how much time we spend on our phone 
uh, with the younger generations. Each generation that gets younger, we see that number go up. Millennials spend more time on a screen um, than Gen X does. And Gen X spends more time than the baby boomer generation. But Gen Z, Gen Z spends over seven hours a day looking at their phone. That's right. Your phone was designed to be incredibly addictive. Steve Jobs, when he was a part of Apple and creating the modern smartphone, he created the iPhone. One of the goals in creating the iPhone was to figure out a way to integrate it into your life so much that you could not imagine life without it. I would say that he succeeded, right? Many of us cannot imagine our life without our smartphone. And then from there, the goal was to get you to use it as much as possible to for it to be integrated into everything that you do. Well, I would say that that is mostly achieved by the inventors of the smartphone because we have notifications and we have bright lights and bright sounds and all these different things that make us constantly want to look at our phone. In fact, our brain has, for many of us, been trained to be attuned to our phone so much so that when we don't have our phone in our pocket, we start to get phantom vibrations thinking that our phone is going off. I'm sure you've had that, where you you think your phone is vibrating. You reach down to your pocket or wherever you keep your phone and look at it, and you realize, oh, it actually it didn't go off. Or sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, I've had this happen. I don't even have my phone on me. And I reach down thinking that it's in my pocket and vibrating, and there's nothing in my pocket. And that is because my brain has become hardwired to constantly look for my phone even subconsciously. This is why the average person touches their phone or looks at their phone 2,617 times a day, which is nearly three times a minute if you are awake for 16 hours, assuming you get eight hours of sleep. Our addiction to our phone is, and, and screens in general, is severe in our world but we can limit our exposure to them, which helps us to slow down because our phone largely gets in the way of us being present. Our phone largely gets in the way of us being with, of us slowing. So here are some suggestions. I, may, I mentioned some on Sunday, but I wanna give you more. Once again, these are suggestions. They're not prescriptions. But these are suggestions that I think if you recognize that you have a little bit of a dependency issue on your cell phone or on a screen, maybe it's TV for you, that these would be good practices for you. So first one is that you can limit your exposure to your phone by removing notifications for certain apps in your phone. Okay, your phone goes off all the time with a notification unless you remove the notification setting. You can go into your apps and remove the notifications for all kinds. I would recommend you remove the notification for anything that is social, anything that is entertainment, anything that's non-essential, and that you only have 
notifications for talk, for text, and maybe something like your security system for your house or something like that. Things that are essential that if you if you need to be notified, you need to be notified. But outside of that, you don't need your your emails to constantly ding every time you get something. If you want to have the silent notification, that's fine. But set it up to where your phone is not constantly vibrating or making a noise, letting you know silly things. You know, the latest news or the latest score of your favorite sports franchise or um, or that you got a notification that someone liked your post. Like, that's silly. You don't need those notifications. And so remove those, make them silent or remove them altogether. Another thing you can do is delete any kind of entertainment app or social app. Now, I know for some of us, this may be a stretch, but I'll say this. One of the most freeing things I did and one of the most, uh, one of the most freeing things I did with my phone and, and one of the things that mitigated my screen time use most was deleting social media apps. I didn't delete my social media. I still have it, but I access it through a, a laptop or a, a desktop computer. And I only use my phone for practical purposes of talking, texting, or using it for a tool like using maps when I'm driving and stuff like that. But I removed the social aspect and it has freed me up tremendously time-wise and I still have those social media things, but I don't use them as frequently. Also, removing games from your phone. You don't need to spend hours and hours playing games on your phone. If you are bored in a moment, take time to pray. Take time to read your Bible. Take time to do other things. You don't have to play video games on your phone. And then the last one, the one that was eating up a lot of my time personally, is I had YouTube, where I use YouTube. I, I love edu educating myself. I love educational videos. And I would watch videos all the time on all kinds of topics. Maybe it was uh, theology and listening to sermons. Maybe it was, you know, I love engineering videos. I, I love videos about um, science and, and space and physics. And I would watch all kinds of things like that. It was just fun for me. But it was taking up a lot of my time. So I removed it. You can also... Um, do some other things I'll suggest is charging your phone in another room. So I don't do this currently, and I need to do it. I actually need to buy a, an old school alarm clock. Maybe you have one, maybe you don't, but I need to go and buy an old school alarm clock that wakes me up in the morning because I use my phone as my alarm. And the problem with that, which I'm assuming most people use their phone as their alarm, you probably do. And the problem with that is that you... You set your phone right by your bed every night so that the last thing you look at before you go to bed is your phone. And the first thing you look at when you wake up is your phone. The problem with that is that many of us have all kinds of notifications that we've received in the night. And when we look at our phone in the morning, we're instantly reminded of the hurry that the world wants us to get into. And we're not drawn to the feet of Jesus. And so I would recommend charging your phone in another room. You don't need to be contacted in the middle of the night. I know you may think you do. What if an emergency happens? I just want to tell you this. Um, people survived for thousands of years without phones at all. 
And not only did they survive for thousands of years without phones at all, but until very recently, <laughs> we, we had phones, but they were in another room. And when people called, we may or may not have heard it and woken up in the, mor- or in the middle of the night. You don't absolutely need your phone to do that. You can set an alarm on an alarm clock and charge your phone in another room. And one of the things that John Mark Comer suggests in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, is to put your phone to bed. And what he means by that is that at a certain time in the evening, maybe it's 8 p.m., maybe it's 9 p.m., whatever works for your schedule, but it's a time before you go to bed, uh, preferably at least an hour before you go to bed, that you turn off your phone, you go and set it on the charger in whatever room you charge it in that's not by your bed, and you spend the last hour or two or whatever of the night completely screen free. And then when you wake up in the morning, you wake up because you're using that old school alarm clock, you wake up and you spend the time in your morning unhurried, spend it in prayer, reading your Bible, enjoying a cup of coffee. If you're like me, I'm not a morning person, so it's just existing as a zombie for like 30 minutes while I wake up, right? So whatever it may be for you, but you spend that time just being being with your spouse, being with your family, being with God especially, and just enjoying that time before you go and unlock your phone, turn it on, and use it for the day. A couple other things you can do. You can set your phone to grayscale mode to make it less addictive. I did this recently, about a week ago, and it has caused me to use my phone significantly less. The colors and the lights and the brightness and all of that stuff of your phone actually makes your phone slightly more addictive. And by putting it in grayscale mode, research has shown that you are less drawn to it. And so a simplification of your screen by going to grayscale helps. Another function you can use is the do not disturb function. You can set times throughout your day or just in the evenings where you block off times to be in do not disturb mode on your phone where you don't get any notifications. If someone calls, it doesn't go through. And you are able to be without that a sense of hurry, distraction. Another thing you can do is set timers on frequently used apps. So maybe you uh, you hop on to surf, uh, you know, deals on Amazon every once in a while, and you do that throughout the day. Well, you could set a timer on the Amazon app. Let's say that's the example I'm using. You set a timer on the Amazon app, which maybe is for 20 minutes. So you're spending a maximum of 20 minutes a day looking at deals on Amazon. Once you hit that 20 minute, your phone, 20 minute uh, limit, your phone will close off the app and you can't use it until the next day. So there are a few different things you can do to limit your screen time with your phone. But lastly, I just want to hit very quickly, um, a way to limit your screen time with your TV. Um, While different generations kind of gravitate towards different screens, um, TV for some is the screen that they look at the most throughout the day. And here are some tips. Uh, Families, if you set a rule where you must watch TV with another person, that TV cannot be a solitary event that you just watch something in a room by yourself, doing that will limit the amount that you or your spouse or your kids are watching TV. You make it a communal event, not a solitary event. And so creating a simple rule like that, that TV is always watched. If a screen is on, two people have to be present. That's always a helpful rule to limit that screen time. 
Another thing that you can do, and this is something we did in my house, is we reoriented the furniture to face people and not a screen. So for instance, in our living room, we have a TV in our living room, but we have our couches set to, to face each other. So if someone were to go into our living room and sit down on the couch, they would be looking at another couch or another person sitting on that couch. And if they wanted to look at a screen and watch TV, well, the TV is on a different wall that's not facing a sofa. And that makes the space be more communal and not oriented around a screen. In our home, we want people to walk in and feel like the room is oriented towards conversation and people, not towards consuming um, images on a screen. Um, so these are some simple things um, you could do. One last rule that you could do is you could set a one screen rule in your home. Uh, one screen rule is simple. It is just a rule that you cannot watch TV and be on your phone at the same time. You can only have one screen on. So if you're sitting in a room and you're, you have the TV on, put your phone down. And that keeps... Um, the, the the situation where you have a screen on in the background, but you're actually watching something else on your phone and, and everyone ends up doing it in the room, just, just stop doing that. Set a one screen rule. We're going to be doing one or the other. One, um, one suggestion you might take, another suggestion you might throw away. There are many things you can do that would help you mitigate your addiction to a screen. But like I said, these are all suggestions. They're just seeking to help break our addiction to that screen and help us be with people and God rather than being hurried. I hope this challenged you. Trust me, this is challenging me every week as I seek to implement it. Thank you for listening. Later this week, I'm going to be answering one of the questions you guys wrote into the podcast. Um, please, again, if you have any questions, which we're actually running low on questions, so if you have any questions that you'd like for me to answer on the podcast, please go to our website, fbctc.com, um, go to the Connect tab and go down to where it says podcast and you can answer or you can ask your questions there. Um, as always, please review and subscribe to the podcast. Doing so makes this podcast more visible to others. Thank you for listening to this long episode about me ranting about screens. Um, my encouragement to you is spend time with the Lord this week. Slow down, put away the hurry, and be with. Thank you. God bless.